I'm Kevin Jones. And I'm Chris Moore. And we started the homos on Haunted Hill so that we can throw a party. A horror film party. <laughs> It'll be quite amusing. There'll be madmen and chainsaws and ghosts and perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. I love it. It is a lovely time. What a, questionable fashion choices, but everything else is a-okay with me. If by questionable you mean beautiful. Yes. Just <laughs> nice and baggy, <clears throat> loose and comfortable. Get Skeet some clothes that fit. Like, just... Uh, <laughs> God, he, he's so attractive in Scream. And in this, he just... <laughs> we were just talking. It's like he's buried in these layers of clothes. <laughs> <laughs> they make reference to this in Clueless too. Like, uh, I don't understand the way guys dress today with like their pants just like hanging off their ass and stuff. And I'm just like, it was I the early '90s. It was, just, yeah, yeah. That is, that's not the most attractive choice Mm-mm. of all of them. Uh, the girls look pretty yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, the the guys suffer a bit in yes. this. I don't. They're not really mm-hmm. looking their best. Mm-hmm. Would you be a good witch or a bad witch, Chris? Oh, see, I like to think I'd be a good witch. I just don't have time for all the negativity. Yeah. I would try to, you know, help people out a bit and stuff like that. I I like to hope I wouldn't be like a, a, Nancy, a Nancy who's yeah. just... But, I mean, the reason Nancy becomes so evil is because she's just not happy. And, you know, she's trying to find that happiness. And I get it, you know, but... It's she just goes about it in some very question, questionable ways. She does. She just wants to be loved, you know. And she has a stepdad yeah. who is just terrible and abusive, Ugh. and uh, seems to be just terrible, like awful in every sense yeah. of the word. Yeah. yeah, he's literally in like one scene yeah. and is just a piece of crap. Yeah. This was the first time I've seen this like a million times, and that I noticed Brenda Strong was the doctor. I don't know how I never put that. Oh my god, together. me too. Yeah. I guess I haven't seen this since like Desperate Housewives was on yeah, the air yeah. because, <laughs> because I was like, wait, Brenda Strong? <laughs> it's been about a decade for me. It's been a while here. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's interesting. It's been about as long for me because yeah. um, I know I caught this. I, I didn't catch it in theaters. I caught it on the network television premiere mm-hmm. on Fox Network mm-hmm. way back mm-hmm. when. I don't know if it was like 98, 99 mm-hmm. and fell madly in love and uh, bought the tape pretty soon afterwards and then proceeded to watch it about 3,000 yeah, times. Yeah. So it's one of those one of those movies I haven't seen for a long time because I saw it so much when I was a mm-hmm. kid that I was like, maybe I need to just take a break. Yeah. But re-watching it last night, I was like, oh, why do I not watch this every day? It takes you back. <laughs> one thing I, I always forget just how many like little bits of humor there are in this, even though it is like this really kind mm-hmm. of dark angsty drama there's like all this really naturalistic yeah. humor in this that i like a lot too that just yeah. comes out of nowhere a lot of times and it's great yeah i for for, for forgot how charming everybody yeah. is it, it's it's you 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 can see how sarah would be kind of roped into this group because they they do support each each other to to an extent mm-hmm. until one of them starts getting a little too drunk with the power but up until that point like it's this great little group of these sort of wacky outcast yeah. <clears throat> girls and it's like i want to join their co- coven they seem yeah fun. The, the misfit weirdos <laughs> who sit around doing yeah. spells all day and uh yeah it just seems like a, a uh, good old time a nice lilith fair you know it's uh yeah why, why not? not 
I like it. <laughs> Witches were big in the 90s, too. I was uh, thinking about just, like, all the movies. Came, I mean, late 80s through 90s with, like, Witches of Eastwick and uh, mm-hmm. The Witches and Hocus Pocus and uh, yeah. The Crucible, even, and Practical Magic mm-hmm. and uh, Halloween Town. How ha- I was just yeah. about to say. There's a lot. <laughs> Halloween There's Town. A lot. Yeah, it was, <clears throat> it was a big thing then. I don't know what that was about, but I support it. I, I guess that's why, like, our gen- generation seems to be so into witches be, maybe because we were just there's a lot raised with all these great witches yeah, there was a lot on tv too there was you know charmed and sabrina and uh exactly buffy yeah. and uh the worst witch there was mm-hmm. you know quite a quite a bit the worst witch growling up isn't easy <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's a beautiful the 90s beautiful were film. the season of the witch yeah i really couldn't tell you why but yeah. um uh I'm so glad it was. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> I'm so glad we got to ex- experience it. it. It's, it's interesting, you know. I, I think it was our last episode. Briefly, kind of touched on like you know after the late, the late '80s is kind of the end of the Cold War, so everyone's kind of looking mm-hmm. inwards in the United States, and that's why in the '90s we get all these movies that are about like you know dysfunctional families and everything else because we don't really have this uh, outward villain anymore. It's more of the intrinsic. Uh, the villain is one of us, and that kind of applies to this movie, too, yeah. with uh, this friend group, and the villain is not really an outer force, although there is a little bit with that Menol thing, but, like, that's more of a mm-hmm. um, a neutral force and really just um, yeah. uh, plays up whoever it is inside, I guess, but... Um, exactly. I, I, I don't think Menon is really a, a, a negative force mm-hmm. unless you try to use it for negativity. Yeah, yeah that's what it seems like, like yeah. But then it comes back times three. Yeah, the, Watch out. It's the monkey's paw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a, uh, and that is, I think, a principle of, at least depending on who you ask. I mean, there's, this movie kicked off so many, like, Wiccan groups and uh, everything else. And everyone thought they, little kids yeah. who thought they could suddenly do magic and everything. It was, it was a surprise yeah. hit at the theaters. They didn't think it was going to be this big hit, but it, like, quadrupled its budget or something close to that um so i i think i think partly people were just ready for some teen horror too because in the early 90s it had been a while yeah um you'd have a lot of options there uh and i think i i read that they were trying to get this to be a pg-13 but because of just the whole concept of teens practicing witchcraft the mpaa said it was like about devil worship and stuff so they were going to have to give it an r Which they think actually made it a bigger hit because it made it seem like it was this sort of edgier film than it actually Mm. was. (laughs) Which you don't really hear that. Usually studios would be like, well, um, I guess we're just going to have to drop this film straight to DVD because, uh, you know, if we don't get that PG-13, the kids aren't going to see it. We're not going to make any money. So I'm like, that's kind of surprising that they were like, I think the R actually helped it. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, it doesn't really get too intense at any point. You know, it is very much mm-hmm. a teen horror film. Still, I mean, there, I mean, there are yeah. moments near the end, I guess, that in which she's like slitting her wrists and everything. And um, but yeah. for the most part, it's yeah, it seems like it just got the R rating, like you said, because it was girls and it dealt with satanic. You know, uh, well, it's not really satanic stuff, I guess, but um, no, uh, no, just yeah. you know, witchcraft in general, I guess, the occult, I suppose. Um, yeah, I guess there was still some some that like witchcraft, satanic panic mm-hmm. residue mm-hmm. from the eighties. Yeah, you know, they're yeah. like, let's not have have our kids starting cults and stuff yeah, at school. Yeah, yeah ninety six kind of the uh, turning point for uh, horror um, in a lot of ways. Oh boy, was it? Um, 
this came out seven months before Scream, though, so people who sort of mm-hmm. graphed this in with the Scream era, technically not true. I would still, parts of it, yes, uh, just with the casting and everything, but um, oh, it yeah. definitely has a, it, it has a little bit of humor, but like not that self-referential wink-wink stuff mm-hmm. nearly as much as later no. in the decade. You know, the big budget slasher franchises are still around, but even those are getting kind of weird, too, with like Curse of Michael Myers and New, New Nightmare and... Um, yeah. Everything's kind of in this experimental place where everybody's playing around with some different stuff. A lot of, like we talked about, like thrillers with the psychological and the erotic thrillers. And uh, yeah, interesting time for horror. Yeah. Uh, oh, let's see if there's anything in the news. Not much. I mean, Candyman's out. I haven't seen it yet. Have you? I am planning on going tonight. Oh, good. So we'll see. Good, good, good. We shall see. I've got tickets. So um, I've heard mostly good I things. Know. I've. I have too. I've heard a few little mixed things. Mm-hmm. The the really negative ones I've heard have been from people I don't even like. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, I mean, of course they didn't like yeah, it. So, yeah. and it's it's usually stuff like, oh, it was too woke. It was trying to make a statement. Mm-hmm. I'm like, have you seen the original yeah. <laughs> movie, you dumb fuck? Like, it's like, yeah, you can go too far with it and be too in your face about it, but yeah. a lot of movies don't go that far and people just want to make a mm-hmm. yeah big fuss over it, like you said and i keep seeing all the ads that still say jordan peele's candy man and i'm like jesus christ come on i know like if it gets more people to the nia DaCosta yeah, nia is the one who directed DaCosta. it if it gets people to the theater i guess it's an okay thing but it's still just like come on give her credit at least say yeah the costas and jordan peele or something you know i don't know exactly from the minds yes. of nia DaCosta yes. and jordan mm-hmm. peele because he did help write the he script did. i he think did. so i mean it makes some sense right um right I, the main complaint I've heard is that it has three writers, and we've talked about that before, uh, how sometimes yeah. you get more than two in there, and it can get a little bit murky. Mm-hmm. You're kind of like, what's the point of the movie again? Because yeah. everyone brings their own point, point of views and sense of humor, sense of what's scary and what's not, and it kind of gets melted together mm-hmm. and doesn't always quite hold up in a coherent way. Yeah. But I, I I don't know. I'm, I've heard more good than bad, yeah. so I'm cautiously optimistic yeah yeah you'll have to let me know what you think i'll i'll get it in there at some point but uh yeah i i definitely want to see it and uh uh what else uh salem's lot apparently being remade again oh no with rob lowe again i I don't know who's in this one is he he back or (laughs) there was some guy attached to it i don't remember who it is now but uh james wan is producing it so all right I just don't get how Stephen King adaptations seem to get worse yeah, every, every time, time they're done. True. I'm like, how? Like, K- Carrie has, has been done like 55 times now. Mm-hmm. Each one is just worse than the yeah, last. True. I'm like, I think you got it right the first think, time. Just move on and just, you know. It's ugh. true. You know, I did just watch that um, The Outsider series that HBO did last year and it's really good oh i still need i still need to watch it's that. really good but uh yeah it's the first adaptation so we don't need any more uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> so the one 30 years from now will probably suck yeah, but yeah. the first one was good <laughs> it was um you know it, like many many series maybe like one or two episodes too long but it was very yeah. tense and very well directed uh, karen kusama did like one or two episodes and it was Ooh. really really well done i think the last couple episodes Arguably, maybe weren't quite as strong as everything that came before it, but it was still one of those very journey shows and uh, and mm-hmm. a lot of it vibes with like this supernatural presence in this small town. You're trying to piece together what exactly is going on here, and um, oh. I had no idea what to expect. I didn't even know anything about. I haven't read the book, so it was uh, it was yeah, it was interesting. Um, maybe people can talk about like you know if it's a good adaptation or not, but I just thought it was really right. enthralling as a miniseries. So. Worth it. Yeah, I mean, I 
I, I think a, a lot of Stephen King fans get really mad when it's not exactly like mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. book. Like even with K- Carrie, as great as the first film is, you have people that are like, well, she didn't destroy the whole town. Yeah. There's there's never been a version that's really lived up to the mm-hmm. book. And I'm like, yeah, they tried to put the town dis- destruction in the TV miniseries. It didn't look great. Yeah. Um, and the pacing was weird. Mm-hmm. And I think they just sometimes people don't get that you, you do have to take things out and change some things, move some stuff around for it to work on film. Yeah, exactly. And that's why it's called an adaptation, not a, just a straight up, you know, crib from the book right exactly yeah some things do not play as well on screen as they do on the page for sure um definitely not um yeah this one had uh uh cynthia i'm blanking on her name now uh erivo there we go erivo yes yes. i love her really good and it was just voice of an angel yes fantastic on broadway and everything else voice of an angel (laughs) voice of an angel that one (laughs) (laughs) we're going to state (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah that was the it all goes back all, everything there's a there's a through line yeah <laughs> nancy's mom in this reminds we me a little just... bit of ellen barkin too in <laughs> yeah. Desperate House, or the I, I still sort of one day want to have a jukebox it's just kind yes. of francis <laughs> This, it's just so it's random. random like that that's all she wants in life is this yes. <laughs> jukebox of connie it's Francis. so good so good <laughs> so folks like when i was in college i wrote this like musical version of the craft it was fun it was just something to do uh someone in new york city had reached out reached out to me a little bit later and was like oh you know i really liked the demos you posted online uh, you should come and we should actually sort of workshop this uh it was uh shakina nafak who has been in like uh, difficult people and uh, transparent and several other things. Um, so I went there and we workshopped uh, several scenes and uh, uh, eventually I think I think we did the whole show at one point and uh, got permission from Peter Filardi who was a co-writer of the movie here and uh, everything was going okay and then eventually the studio was kind of like uh, we need to take a step back because we might be doing a remake mm-hmm. and <laughs> and uh, so we got put to this the side and it was fine you know it was just it was a good chance to meet people over there and you know uh have that experience and i'm glad they had experience but it was uh um something but anyway the um i really wanted to write like an actual connie francis song for her to sing just (laughs) out of the blue (laughs) it would it's one of the songs that would almost certainly get cut from an actual production but like i just wanted (laughs) right cut in previews in boston yeah, but yes, exactly but then it becomes like the favorite song ever. <laughs> yeah. like why'd they cut that i love that song <laughs> who's sorry now <laughs> yeah i definitely think the mom needed a big production number so. of some sort i think so it was it was a tricky one to sort of adapt like I know when we first started doing, I was like trying to do something, some music that was sort of along the lines, like Tim Burton-y kind of things. And then it was just like, okay, we mm-hmm. need to go more toward the actual like goth rock side of things. Um, right. So I tried to write some stuff like that. So I had like three very different versions of the score just like floating around out there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, and the movie itself is just kind of um, tonally very interesting in that way. It's like, the closest thing I can think of is, this, like, Ginger Snaps now that we've covered it in the sense that it's, like, horror, but then yeah. also has some little dark comedy bits in there. Because it's not as not as quippy as, like, the late 90s, a lot of the late 90s stuff. No. Uh, and it does get a little grungy and, um, yeah, 
Yeah. It, it, it takes itself seriously mm-hmm. while still having a good time. Yeah. Not particularly self-aware, but just some of the little comments mm-hmm. the girls have. You know, they're, they're aware of, like, who they are and their place in society and everything else. And they're um, mm-hmm. very irre- irreverent, I guess I would say. Um, yes, yes. They, they play everything pretty cool throughout the movie, but it's clear they're suffering. When you see their personal lives, I think that ends up, those are the moments when it's like oh shit these girls are actually going through hell but when they're together they kind of just play everything off like oh yeah yeah i'm white trash you know my life is my life is suck Uh, but isn't everybody's ha 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 ha. like oh you slit your wrist ho ha 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 you even did it the right way like they're making jokes about like these really dark (laughs) things but but it's like that's what you do with your friends sometimes is you know it's like you don't want to like show how much you're hurting and sometimes it's just it's very easy to just kind of throw around these things like that so it's interesting mm-hmm. i think it, i think it's realistic in that regard in a lot of ways yeah absolutely i think it's it's sort of i mean their outlook on life has always been sort of similar to mine just yeah. sort of you know make fun of the stuff that you can't really change mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. if you don't you're just going to go crazy yeah exactly know, so. yeah that's that's no fun. no nobody wants that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes that is the... but of course these days i don't think they could do like i'm sure they would cut the line about the slitting of the wrist because they're like oh well what if someone watches this who might want to slit the wrist i'm like i don't think that's gonna change what they want to do but okay i know it's just such a mm. should we do our big spiel about that here yeah we might as well okay so (laughs) just because a director puts something on screen does not mean they are endorsing it folks (laughs) no in the words of valerie cherish i do not endorse it do not endorse it It's just such a stupid argument. It it just... It's dumb. It's so dumb. It's so fucking arbitrary because people have no issue watching people get murdered in films and nobody says yes. like oh they're they're endorsing that and i mean some right right wing people yeah. but left wing people would never say like oh they're endorsing exactly. that but then you have like yeah. girls fighting each other or you know self harm yeah. or something and suddenly it's like oh mm-hmm. uh, how dare they put that on screen that's going to encourage teenage yeah. girls to do that and it's like no like, please like if anything this movie is so obviously a giant cautionary tale against girls fighting yeah. it's like i don't i don't think what a lot of people get is it, is that you can understand the cre- creator's intent through how the characters end up at 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 the end mm-hmm. yeah. from what Nancy does and from how she ends up at the end you can make a point that you shouldn't be like Nancy mm-hmm. don't be like her you yeah. know be more like a Sarah she's the one who's triumphant in the end because she uses magic the right way yeah. you know but even like Bonnie and Rochelle they kind of get on Nancy's side and kind of team up against Sarah, which is what you shouldn't do. You should not do right, that. Right. And they are forgiven to an extent, but given that little warning at the end of like, don't fuck with me, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And so y- through that, you, you you can see the filmmakers have told you the right way to live and the wrong way to live. Yes. yes. And I think it's a perfectly reasonable ca- cautionary yeah, tale. Yeah. Yeah. You have to look beyond the superficial surface here folks like you can't just mm-hmm. be like oh there's there's yeah. girls fighting like is there a reason behind that yeah. i would argue yes in exactly. this exactly absolutely it, it very much even though this is more of a drama like even some of the comedies like heathers and mean girls and jawbreaker mm-hmm. like go to similar places in many ways that you know yeah that they, yeah they have girls fighting on screen but like good things don't happen as a result of them fighting you know they're not endorsing exactly that behavior. it's Maybe because we haven't had good satire in so long that people don't understand things yeah. like allegories or satires or cautionary tales anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, all they see is what's on the surface. And as a result, exactly. we can't have any good movies anymore. I hate to say that, but it's no. like anything... Because it's kind of all surface yeah. now. Yeah, 
But then again, it's like people have no issue watching people get murdered on in horror films. But uh, oh, how dare they not. have two girls fighting? Like that's just that's one straw that I will not be able to <laughs> go any further. I just encourage. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's so ridiculous. It's it's like the bully kick, kick character called someone fat. Oh mm-hmm, no! Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, they're the bully. Character. Exactly. Yeah. If, if it's if it's the main character that you're you're su- supposed to like, unless they're like some sort of an anti hero then right. yeah that might be a problem right. but if it's like you know like if if uh christine taylor's yes, I was gonna say, character yes. called yes. someone fat in yes. this i i'd be like well of course she yeah. did she's a terrible person yeah <laughs> like, she is a duh. a racist terrible bitch in this and like that's just yeah. who her character is like you know these people in real life exactly. like they are out there yeah. like it's it's again Definitely. not endorsing this character's behavior it's just showing that these people exist and having a conversation about that i think in many mm-hmm. ways uh and exactly. the argument, I think, sometimes that you shouldn't include any of this on screen, then it's not like that's it's going to keep it from happening in real life. Like, if, right, if yeah. anything, putting it on screen encourages people to have conversations and look inward and be like, oh, shit, I shouldn't behave mm-hmm. this way. It's like, yeah, it. I don't know why people can't get through their head. And it, it really, like, drives me crazy when it's like a film critic who says stuff like this or someone who, wa- oh, who went to film school. And I'm like... You went oh. to fucking film school and you're still making these arguments? Did you? I, I don't. I don't get it. I don't. Yeah. Get it. I don't. Yeah, it's just it's so bizarre to to me because I think seeing a character going through something like Rochelle Rich, does, mm-hmm. I've heard stories about girls who were just like like her who found a lot of power from her char- character mm-hmm. because they saw their struggles on screen. Yep. Yeah. And I think people forget that that can be very pow- powerful to see, okay, I'm not alone here. Mm-hmm. You know, watching this from today's angle, yes, Rochelle probably could have used a little more development. She probably has not oh, quite yeah. as much. But, like, if you put it in context, like, there weren't a lot of major black characters in horror in mm-hmm. the early 90s. Yeah, we were starting to get a little bit Definitely with, like, not. Tales from the Hood and, um, like, Demon Knight even. But mm-hmm. it was still, yeah. like... Uh, sort of a wasteland in, in that regard. And we, um, so Absolutely. having this character who is portrayed, um, I mean, yeah, she does ultimately turn against the group along with the other two. You know, it's not just her. Um, right. If it was just her, then yeah. you could make an argument that, you know, that's problematic. Yeah, but, like, then you'd be like, wait a second, why is she the only one that yeah, does it? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when it's three of them, it's like, well, yeah. I mean. Yeah. And, and she's one of the first to really show remorse about it, too, when she sees that, you know, Laura and Lizzie's hair is falling out and everything. And she's like, oh, shit, yeah. I maybe shouldn't have let this go as far as it did. And I, I read that her plot line was not originally um, like that. It was just going to be a, a girl with eating disorder. But when she was cast mm-hmm. in the film, they were like, OK, we will recenter this character around um, race issues, which, um, I like you said, wow. I think is actually... I mean, I, again, speaking as a white cis dude here, I mean, I, I think for the time, right. you know, drawing attention to that was a good thing that um, absolutely that showing just, you know, how, uh, you know, this uh, black girl in a um, all pretty much all white Catholic school is treated. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's um, yeah. and because if you look at something like Clueless, which came out the year before that, uh, you know, it was a little more. um race was never really addressed in that movie or very little. No. Um, and yeah. so it's just kind of two different ways of going about that. You know, you can either just sort of ignore it and pretend like everybody's the same, or you can really draw attention to it and make a point out of it. Yeah. Um, which is not, I mean, I love Clueless too. So it's, you know, it's, oh, ow, ow, <laughs> it's like just two very yeah, different I mean, movies. Yeah. 
I think I get you know because there's the same argument with gay characters mm-hmm. well this LGBT ca- characters in general where you know a lot of people say well we need to only show them in a positive light yeah. always yes. or they 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 need to be de- de- depicted in kind of a love simony way where they're always happy mm-hmm. and stuff like like that and they're not bullied be because of who they are because we've we've seen that enough and i'm like well it's still going on so have we like some sometimes you do need to see that just to be reminded Mm -hmm. you know this still happens it's not like well we won marriage equality so i guess we're all okay now like that's not what happened you know totally totally and so i understand that people want it to always be happy and uplifting and show younger people that it does get better Mm -hmm. because sometimes it does but you can't just completely ignore all the bad things in the world too and you need to talk about those occasionally as well as well yes yes it's the difference between in many cases between like uh they say colorblind casting versus color conscious casting in in terms of uh you know uh racial representation you know uh Mm -hmm. and i think they went about that in for the 90s, anyway, a fairly smart way of here of being like, okay, we are going yeah. to cast uh, this black actress who's great and wonderful. So we're going to recenter the story mm-hmm. around her, at least her character and, yeah. you know, some of the struggles that she as an individual would be facing at this mostly white uh, school. But yeah, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're going to insist on watching everything through a contemporary lens, then you might find, you know, any movie <laughs> made more than like 20 years yeah. ago problematic. But, you know... Uh, I mean, for some of these people, I would say a film made before, like, the past two yeah, years it's... is considered problematic. It's <sighs> like, I don't understand it. Oh, gosh. It's the... So, the... Oh, it's just so... It's just bad for art. It's so it bad. It is, yeah. Yeah, everything in its time, and... Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of the contemporary criticisms I've heard about this film have come from men, weirdly. It's... Who are making these arguments about like feminism and stuff, despite the fact that this movie has a huge <laughs> following of women, like it has uh, always a had humongous, a massive yeah. following among women, and it's just it's so strange. Um, but yeah, uh, do you watch anything recently? I watched Firestarter for the first time in uh, probably twenty something years. Yeah, I have not seen years. that since I was a kid. Yeah. It's been a while, and uh, I just don't. I didn't remember remember much about it. Um. And I found it pretty enjoyable. Mm, good. Um, I, 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 I think some people have a problem with it who are, I, I guess, were more fans of, of the book, mm-hmm. I guess. But yeah. I, I thought they adapted it well. I, it's enjoyable. Not, not my favorite Stephen King story sure. by a long shot, sure. but it's, 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 a, it's a good time. Good. Most of the Stephen King films, at least there's something that hooks you in. I mean, there's some really, there yeah. are some bad ones, like just objectively bad ones, like what, the Night Flyer. Mm. I hate that movie. I tried to watch no, I've it. I've never it, seen it's it. It's so boring. I've never uh, seen it. I've um, never seen that one. But it was made for TV, I think, so maybe that's part of it. Was that like an HBO movie I think movie so, or yeah. That, like, there are only a couple that are really good, but then the rest of them are at least sort of watchable, I guess I would say. I don't know. Yeah, I try to think if I watched anything else. I mean, like I said, The Outsider, um, uh, I think that's main horror thing lately anyway so all right let's see let me set the scene here we talked about this a little bit we're already in the 90s so the concept for the craft came from a collaboration between producers douglas wick um who did girl interrupted and gladiator uh he wanted to create a movie with about the high school experience blended with witchcraft and screenwriter peter falardi who had written flatliners was 
uh, hired, and he extensively researched the topic and wrote the initial draft. And then they brought in Andrew Fleming to direct and produce the final version of the screenplay. And he is best known for <laughs> two great films like Hamlet 2 and Dick. <laughs> That's right. Great and movies. a movie called Bad Dreams from the early 90s. I don't think I've seen Bad I Dreams. Really I'll have to check out Bad Dreams. <gasps> oh. No, actually, I think it's from like 80, 88, 89. Mm. It's, oh, it's really fun. I like his stuff. Like, I mean, Hamlet 2, perfect movie. Hello, Dick, perfect movie. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> shoo, shoo. Yeah. yeah, I mean, come on. Yep, uh, I know Peter Filardi a little bit just from emailing. He's a, a good guy. I think he's doing some Stephen King adaptation right now to a chapel wait or something. Oh, yeah, with uh, Adrian Brody. Yeah, 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 yeah. Apparently, 85 other actresses screen tested for these four roles, including Angeline, Angeline Jolie and Alicia Silverstone, both of which would have been wow. interesting. Uh, yeah, I guess I could see Angelina as like Nancy. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, she kind of did the same thing with Girl Interrupted yeah, true. a few years true, true, true. later. Yeah. I uh, couldn't really see Alicia, but maybe, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, not as. I don't. Yeah, who who would she have been going in for? I don't know. Sarah, Sarah maybe? Yeah. Know. In the wake of Clueless, I think she just became seen in such a very specific way that. Maybe, yeah. I don't know if I could see her in. Uh, well, maybe. I'll maybe. Who knows? Know. Yeah. I'll give her some credit. She could have played them yeah, all. Yeah, she did know. do some thrillers and stuff, so, you know. Rachel True and Feruza Balk were the first to be cast, and then the character of Rochelle was rewritten, like we said. Uh, Robin Tooney was initially cast in the role of Bonnie, but the producers decided she would be better in the starring role of Sarah. Only problem was, she was bald at the time because she had to cut all of her hair off for Empire Records, so she's wearing, right. so she's wearing that glorious wig throughout this whole movie. Uh, okay, don't hate me, but I didn't know that was a wig until like most last people year. don't. It's a pretty good wig, I will say. <laughs> I had no idea because oh, I did rewatch Halloween too. Speaking of bad, 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 bad mm-hmm. wigs, and like that's clearly a terrible mm-hmm. wig. So, like that's kind of like the worst wig I've ever seen on screen. Yeah. This one's a pretty good one. It's pretty solid if you don't know to look for it. Yeah. It's it's not obvious at all, and it, it matches. Um, her skin tone and her uh, her eyebrows yeah. and everything, so they did a good job with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas Absolutely. Laura Lizzie's ridiculous wig later on in the movie is just oh my god, but it's supposed to be ridiculous. I feel <laughs> like, but it's up. so bad. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, "Hi, Michelle. <laughs> what? What's up?" Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> Nev Campbell was the last of the four to be cast, and she was at the time best known for Party of Five. Because remember, folks, oh, this yes. is pre-Scream by seven months. So she has not really oh. broken out. Her and uh, Skeet. Party of Five was so big, y'all. I don't think we it can even tell you deal. how big that show yeah. was. And I've never even I seen I haven't it, seen a so single episode. <laughs> All I know is that it was huge at the time. I just know that her and Jennifer Love Hewitt were in it. And they <laughs> yeah. became big horror stars. And the rest was history. <laughs> yeah, all, all I know is that they, they would always like party of fives nev campbell mm-hmm. in you know it was it, it was a big deal yeah it sold tickets put some butts in seats yes 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 yeah this was the era of that like taking all these tv stars and putting them in these uh horror films <laughs> and uh they also enlisted a real life wiccan named pat devon uh who acted as an onset advisor for the film and she wrote a lot of the incantations and uh ensured that 
there was a fairly respectful treatment of the Wiccan subject matter and everything. I've heard some people uh, question that a little bit, but as a whole, uh, I, it is, yeah. I think, an interesting movie in that regard because you don't see these spells like this in a lot of like witchcraft movies it's just kind of like oh i'm using mm-hmm. magic now or like let me wingardium yeah. leviosa just this like you know one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like this actually makes an attempt at sort of explaining a little bit of mythology and uh inspired at least by uh certain traditions and uh that that's interesting mm-hmm. in that regard yeah at least they they try yeah. it's it's not like you know mother of tears where it's like here's this magical frock (laughs) and it's not (laughs) exactly doesn't quite go like that exactly uh and the magic they do in the film i like that it's very practical stuff and part of that's probably just because you know cgi was so fledgling at the time but still it's it's cool Mm -hmm. what they're able to do with just these little spells because that's what these girls would be doing is these little like glamour type spells you know if you were like let's turn my hair blonde yeah yeah Yeah. i like the line uh can you make my ass smaller or whatever (laughs) I'm like, if this was made today, it would be like, can you make my ass bigger? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's so weird how like people love small asses then. And now it's like everybody wants a big ass. Exactly. Uh, this was shot throughout Los Angeles um, at Verdugo Hills High School, which is where Heathers and Christine and Better Off Dead were shot as well. Apparently it opened on May 3rd, 1996. Like we said, it was a surprise hit. It nearly quadrupled its budget from uh, 15 million to 56 million. Uh, critics mixed, but uh, what else is new? <laughs> uh, yeah, really. Roger Ebert thought it should be more like Clueless. He said it tilts too far in the direction of horror and special effects when it might be more fun as a satirical um, comedy about punk teenagers. I'm like, that's a completely different movie, Roger. <laughs> yeah, Roger. I don't think you. I don't think you saw the film that was advertised yeah. to you. I don't think. It's like when you yeah. go in expecting something completely different, then I, I guess that happens, like... but. <laughs> God, you know, Schindler's List would be so much be- better as a farce exactly. and a musical. Like, what? What the hell? Yeah, you have to take it on its own terms here. Come on. Good Lord. Uh, but it does oh, sort of illustrate how big Clueless was the year before. Like, that that movie. Yeah. Like, if I had to pick two movies that really define, like, sort of the, the teen culture in the 90s, it would be Clueless and Scream because mm-hmm. they both sort of kicked yeah. off that quippy satirical meta writing style like scream did it more for the horror Mm -hmm. films and clueless did it more for the straight uh teen movies but they were both very influential um and buffy on the tv side but it was like the mixture of those three Mm -hmm. forces that really um so the craft really doesn't go in that direction which is fine like it just it's doing its own thing here uh and i mean frankly it was probably shooting while clueless was being released or like in the process of being released i would think so yeah uh, Siskel didn't like it either. <laughs> he said, oh. unhappy girls doing mean things and the weight between the... <laughs> and he thought the weight... <laughs> I can't even say it. <laughs> unhappy girls doing mean things. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> God. <laughs> That's his best review yet. <laughs> And he said the weight between the special effects was excruciating. I'm like, my God. Excruciating? You, know you know what's excruciating? Yep. Gene Siskel. Siskel. <laughs> Just Ugh. this guy. God. <laughs> oh. Like, rest in peace or whatever, but, like, come on, dude. Some of yeah. these reviews are just so. Ugh. I hope he doesn't get reincarnated. Oh, God. Like, I hope right now he's not defending his life 
somewhere <laughs> yeah you know just like <laughs> what i don't think he needs to come back yet <laughs> he can stay with meryl streep and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, regardless of the critics this movie has of course developed a huge cult following uh we are partly mm-hmm. covering it because it's the 25th anniversary this year robin tooney and theresa bulk won an mtv movie award for best fight good oh. for you <laughs> I like to remember a time when the MTV Movie Awards was more important than the Oscars. They're so fun. Uh, the set was apparent. I mean, who knows? They they always say this stuff on horror films, but apparently the set was kind of haunted, especially when they were on the beach and the, the candles would suddenly go out and like a flock of bats apparently flew over their head while they were doing this invocation. Um, but who knows if that actually wow. happened? You know. Well, we call that production value. Yeah, right exactly. There. Did you get it on film? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I got that on film. (laughs) (laughs) Another 90s classic. Another classic. (laughs) We digress. Uh, I guess Andrew Fleming had also written a pilot for a TV series with the theme song, How Soon Is Now. The WB saw the pilot and they were like, you know what? We're just going to make Charmed instead and use that theme song. Wow. Oh, that's interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, we do need to discuss the soundtrack for this movie. This yeah. was, I think it's one of the first soundtracks I bought. I bought on cassette tape, um, yeah. which shows you how old I am. <laughs> and uh, listened to it 50,000 times. Yeah. It's just one of the greatest soundtracks. Every song's a gem. It's edgy. Yeah, it grabs you. Uh, and it did, I think, in many ways sort of kick off that trend of like all the teen horror movies have mm-hmm. to have this killer soundtrack after this. Um, yeah. Yep, there, there's there, there's always a credit on most of these movies from the 90s that's like music executive, mm-hmm. which you don't see that very all, right. all, often right. because they don't really have soundtracks anymore. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> just, it's a lost art. It is. Yeah. Uh, Rachel True has said that she was, I mean, just to put, you know, we were talking a little bit about 90s were a different time. And she has said that in more recent years that uh, she was left out a lot of like the promotional material materials oh, and yeah. stuff, which is, you know, mm-hmm. uh, really shitty. Um, fucked, up. Really fucked up. Yeah. Um, Super fucked up. And she was forgotten at press junkets and stuff until her co-stars really defended her and said, like, you know, why is she not being included in these things? And, yeah. And, uh, uh, um, if you folks, if you haven't watched Horror Noir, she's interviewed in there a lot too oh, about so this, good. about some of the experience that she had. And, uh, it's, it's really great. And, uh, Aren't they doing like an anthology series? Yeah, I don't know what that's going to be about. Like, it, I can't tell if it's like a narrative story thing or like a documentary yeah, series. I don't, know. I don't know. For some reason, I kept thinking it was like a like an anthology yeah. show, and I'm like, that sounds really cool. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Um, and it's like soon too. I think it's like within the next couple months. Yeah, like it's maybe like, October yeah. or something. I think. Huh. I mean, I'm totally game because yeah. I love the doc. The documentary. Yeah, the doc so. is great. Um, like that needs to be like a whole miniseries like they need to expand that because yeah that really just kind of touched my the surface. Only problem was it was a little too short yeah, yeah i was like i want to hear more <laughs> yes tell me more please okay well what's going on i guess well you have sarah who is moving to a new state mm-hmm. um with her father and stepmother yes um, the stepmother character is such a non-entity, by the way. I, sh- I think she has two she, lines. Yeah, she says, like, We nothing. never see her again. <laughs> she says something about, like, the roof, and, and yeah. that's about it. She seems pleasant enough. Yes. She's just not really there. This, these and, opening um, credits, too, are really, like, hard uh, hard rock, like, punk rock here with, like, oh, so pentagrams cool. and candles and, like, explosions. Yeah. And 
and fucking shoot. Get off your mind, yeah. relax, and go downstream. Um, it's just like clouds yeah. and stuff. It's cool. And um, and so they move into this new house and uh, where the ceiling is leaking. And this random guy just pops in with a snake and is like, hey, I saw this out back. You want it? Yeah. And she's like, oh, no. And um, her father chases him away. And uh, and so you're like, what's going on here? I still don't understand this dude with the snake. I will never understand. I don't know. He's some man. sort of like prophet type character or something. But I don't know. He is probably one of the more kind of uh, extraneous characters in the movie. I mean, it, it yeah. gives them a reason to sort of uh, we'll get to it, but uh, work together oh, first. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and so then she she has her first day at school. And of course, she's a total outcast. Like nobody really wants to talk to yeah. her. She's kind of a nerd. And. Uh, but there's these other girls, these three girls, Nancy, Bonnie, and Rochelle, mm-hmm. and they're friends, and they're this sort of coven of wannabe witches, mm-hmm. but they can't really get much work done because they need a fourth. Nancy's like, no, we don't. We're perfectly fine with who we have. I like the um, line about, like, the almanac says today will bring the arrival of something. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting my rag. <laughs> I'm getting my rag. <laughs> Which I remember in the network television premiere, they cut that line uh, out. They dubbed it with with something stupid. How dare they like, mention really? a period, right? So <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. Those never happen right. in real life. I do love a... Think of the children. I do love a Catholic private school setting, like H2O and this one. And Oh, yeah. These are fun. You went to Catholic school, right? And I... Yes. And I love a woman in uniform, yes. as she says, too. And, uh, and so then while... Sarah is in French class with Bonnie. Bonnie notices that Sarah is doing this magical thing with her pencil. It's just like yeah. twirling by itself. And she's like, wait a second. She's the fourth. She's the fourth. And so she goes to, I guess it's a science class. And mm-hmm. she tells all her friends, like, I, f- I found her. She's the fourth. Yeah. And as luck would have it, Sarah's walking in. And she's like, "It's they, they say I need a lab partner. And it's my first day. So can I be with y'all and nancy's just like staring like get the fuck away and like scares her away it's like never mind bonnie's like bonnie's just 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 like you You can sit you can sit (laughs) it's like too late (laughs) poor bonnie i like how uh, breckin myers (laughs) randomly in this too and he's he's breckin myers like in the french scene he's similar to his clueless character but he's he's more of a dick in this like just terrible he's an asshole yeah, yeah. he's like oh you mean do i get laid yeah. <laughs> like, Boclu- no, Boclu- get de laid. <laughs> stupid <Yeah. laughs> and um so then sarah goes and has lunch by herself and this guy named chris shows mm-hmm. up and is like kind of this sort of jock chris type hooker you know? is his last name chris hooker, hooker related to tj yes. and um and he's kind of nice to her, and so they kind of have this sort of flirtation, and she's like, yeah, everyone's been so mean, especially these these girls that are right b- behind us. Mm-hmm. And and he's like, oh, you mean the bitches of Eastwick? Yeah, they're they're witches. So and stuff. clever. So yeah. Oh, Chris, what a what what a line. Yeah. And uh, and he's like, yeah, Nancy's a slut. And Bonnie has these scars, and he doesn't really have anything bad to say about Rochelle. So I'm like, does I like what? Why? Like, yeah, what, yeah. What the hell? Um, <laughs> he's like, she's got the scars. She's a slut, and Rochelle is Rochelle. Rochelle. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, and yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, okay, and like he really made your. He lets dude. Laura Lizzie um, do all that <laughs> damage there. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and um. And so then he he's like, yeah, I'm gonna be playing football. I'm gonna have pra- practice after school if you want to come and watch. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, that sounds so interesting. But she shows up anyway, 
And that's when she meets the girls again, and they're like, hey, you want to come with us? Because um, I should let you know that Chris does this a lot, and he has a lot of, like, girlfriends, and he says bad things about them. Yeah. And Nancy is speaking from personal experience, so apparently they have a little history. Yeah, and this is the great mm-hmm. sequence with the house soon is now blaring in the background, mm-hmm. and the, uh, which is a yep. cover of a Smiths song, y'all, if you didn't know. Yes. Um, but yeah. Exactly. They're... But somehow I think this version is more popular because of yeah. this and Charmed yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And I think it's been in some commercials, Yeah, it's too. like Love Spit Love, um, I think is the name. Yeah. Yes, Love Spit Love. It sounds like a very dirty thing. Mm-hmm. I don't understand, yeah. but I don't know. Um, and uh, yeah, so they decide to go shopping. And, <laughs> a five-finger um, discount. I like that line. With their five-finger discount. And... On the way, they discover that Sarah has these scars on her wrist yeah. where she slit them. And Punk rock. Nancy's like, you even did it the right way. Because yeah. <laughs> they're like, you know, they're they're not the usual way. Right. Um, and, uh, and so then they go to this sort of witchy shop, <laughs> this sort of new age shop where they always like steal things to, uh, to cast their spells and stuff. Yeah. And... Uh, Sarah makes a good impression on the shop owner because she actually pays for her stuff. And she's like, you're not like your friends. You actually pay. And she's like, yeah. yeah um, Lirio, I believe and, is her name. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah, she's, and she yeah. wants to see what's behind this this back room, mm-hmm. this sort of cur- curtain. And she's like, that's not for you. Yes. And she's, kind of, um, she's like, look at the ring. Yes. Is this your mother's? And, she, and she's like, how did you know that? And so there's something mysterious about her. She's kind of she a seems... fairy godmother, matriarchal mm-hmm. type character here, you know, that's guiding yeah. her. Obi-Wan Kenobi guiding Sarah. Through. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sarah only goes through a couple times in the movie. But yeah. Yeah. And 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 so then, um, yeah, then as they're walking back, this guy, the guy with the snake shows back yeah. up again. And he's like, hey, I've been looking for you. Wait a second. I don't know what this guy's point is. And then they all, like, focus on him as he's trying to cross the street. Mm-hmm. And this car comes and, like, hits him and kills it's him. It's a pretty, like, mean little kill, too, because you just, like, see the car, yeah. like, going over his head, if I remember. It's, like, it's pretty yeah. intense. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's nasty. <laughs> it's pretty nasty. Yeah. And, and so they all just, like, rush through the street and like find this random spot in the woods yeah. that has like a couch for some reason. I don't know what it does. And, um, and they're like, Oh my God, like I was thinking that the car was going to hit him. Were you thinking it too? And they're, and they're like, yeah, like that means this is clearly meant to be like, we need this. We, we need Sarah to be our fourth because together we're so pa- powerful. And, um, Nancy's still not really sold. She's kind of like, eh. so she's kind of snarky and kind of scares Sarah away. Yeah. And Sarah ends back up with Chris on the roof of someplace. Yeah, we learn we learn about the the mental stuff too, and the fact mm-hmm. that there is this yeah. uh, higher power out there that is greater than God and the devil. Um, if mm-hmm. if they if they exist, if they really existed, the mental would be the the football field that they the play on. Field that they're <laughs> playing on. Interesting. It's it's great di- dialogue. Yeah. And Feruza Balk, I just want to talk about her because I think her performance is one of the greatest yeah. of all time yeah. just so committed so alive yeah. um and she's great in this scene it's just her excitement and, and she, her energy i believe oh, was or good. still is awakened too so it's like she i heard break, that, she brought yeah. some of that um but yeah she's just totally commits oh. to this role and you, you see she's so good in this. even though she's really not quote unquote the protagonist you still feel for mm-hmm. her throughout this and uh yeah I, her and sarah definitely get the most like development um throughout the movie absolutely yeah. 
And um and yeah, so Sarah goes off with Chris and like they have their whole thing and then like he kind of seems like he wants her to be like maybe have some sex with him yeah. and she's like no, I better go home. And the next day at school, we find out that um he's been spreading some lies about her mm-hmm. that she is the worst lay he's ever had. And according to Nancy coming from him, that's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And she confronts him like to her credit. She's like, can we talk? And, and, um, and he's just like, I don't want to go out, out. If you don't make this uncomfortable, don't, don't, don't beg. And it's just so fucking rude. And he yeah. goes away and she's like, fuck you. And, um, and so then like, we, we kind of get these little pieces of each one of their home yeah. lives yeah. and stuff. Cause then we get Rochelle who is on the swim the swim team and she's being terrorized by this bitch named Laura Lizzie mm-hmm. who is just this bleach blonde demon from hell mm-hmm. racist piece of shit mm-hmm. um and you know she makes comments about finding um her hair on her brush and stuff it's just just so nasty just a terrible person yeah, yeah. and Rochelle once again to her credit says why are you such a bitch yeah. like why are you being so 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 mean like she does confront her you know mm-hmm. It's just all it's awful. And then we see Nancy, you know, her home life is so bad. She lives in a trailer with her abusive stepfather and her mom, who's mm-hmm. just like this drunk who just kind of allows him to do what whatever. Yep. You know, she's one one of those types who always needs a man. It seems you know, like there's and, um, a poti- like he potentially is sexually abusing yeah, her as well. I wouldn't put it past yeah, him. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. There's definitely that vibe. Yeah. And then uh, Bonnie oh. is going through treatments for her scars. This is like the most uncomfortable this, scene oh, in the movie to me where she's God. getting this needle treatment. needle prick And you thing. just hear her like oh. scream her head off. It's oh. like, oh. Nev Campbell, world-class screamer. Because yes. that scream is bone chilling. Yes. And so ultimately they all decide they're better as a team. Mm-hmm. So they take off from school and go on a little field trip. On a bus, and, and he's they go on a bus. He's like, watch out for those weirdos. There's kids. <laughs> we are the I weirdos. I love the bit with the kids that are just like staring at Na- Nancy, and yep. she just takes off her glasses mm-hmm. and just glares. Oh my god, I love. We that are bit. the weirdos, Mister. And, um, <laughs> and so they find this beautiful field, and they do this um, ceremony where they cut their fingers and stick it in some wine. Yeah, and, this like, was like AIDS era, folks. This, this does not seem super. <laughs> yeah, this is not sanitary. Kosher. I find that disturbing. Yeah. It's gross. Just drinking everybody's blood. Yeah. That's nasty as hell. And they all kind of talk about their w- wishes, what what they want, you know. So Bonnie, of course, wants to be be- beautiful and not have the s- scars. Rochelle wants to get back at Laura. Nancy wants to essentially be Manon yeah, for some I like reason. Yeah, they all have these very specific, like, <laughs> yeah. kind of smaller goals. And she's just like, I just want all the fucking yeah. power. Just, like, make me all fucking yeah. powerful. That's all I want. Yeah, and Sarah wants Chris to like notice her and like yeah. be nice and stuff, and she's like, "I know yeah. it's pathetic, and yeah. you know." And um, one by one, these wishes start coming true. Like first, Chris all of a sudden is obsessed with Sarah and like trying to like you know carry her books to ch- 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 chapel and stuff. And what's interesting is that this stuff. I think uh, a lot of the stuff that starts happening for the other girls doesn't really start until Sarah really becomes more involved. Like she has to mm-hmm. take yeah. um, some of Laura Lizzie's hair and put it in Rochelle right. Rochelle's for that to actually happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So there's, 
I think in the original script, it was strongly suggested that she's actually the only one that has any actual power. Um, and that all of their, oh. everything that pretty much happens is a result of her being part of the group and transferring some of that power well, that to everyone else, which you could still read it th- this way. Um, but mm, I like that. But but the scene in like Nancy's trailer, um, she's like making stuff, you know, explode and stuff, stuff and having a heart attack. Yeah, so like, so, so she's got she's got some there, some yeah. power there. Yeah. 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 Because because then, um, yeah, Laura starts to lose her hair, mm-hmm. which is great. And uh, and then Bonnie goes to to the clinic to see if her treat treatment worked. And I don't know if it's just j- just me. I find this scene so mesmerizing mm-hmm. when like she she starts to scrape off the scars and it just like sh- yeah yeah it's it's like Doctor Pimple Pop <laughs> Popper. It's so satisfying, yeah, yeah. you know. And she looks and like and her back is like smooth now and she starts starts to wear like sexier clothes and all the boys are like woo and then nancy's kind of pissed off though because everyone else's spells have worked but hers are just not happening until one night her stepfather just pisses her off so much that she makes the microwave explode and he gets this heart attack and he dies and then all of a sudden she discovers that her mom has inherited all this money from his insurance $175,000. <laughs> what a dear sweet man. <laughs> <laughs> this character. I want more with the mom. Me too. I find her fascinating. Yeah. She's so great. She's so great. And um and so they get this this big like penthouse in the sky, yeah, you know. Yeah. And uh and and so they they all meet there and they they start to practice these um glamour spells and stuff. So they change their eye color, they um they change their hair color and stuff like like that which kind of set, set sets up something later on. Yeah, that that, that is the fun and, thing um, about a lot of these these little spells is that they come back well times 3 mm-hmm. as they say, right? As yeah. uh, <laughs> And uh, I, I think earlier they did the, the light is a feather thing, um, just which yeah, is kind of fun. That's, light is a feather, stiff as a which board. has always been an iconic kind of sleepover thing that girls mm-hmm. do, and yeah, yeah. And then they start to walk in slow motion. Oh yeah, at yes. school, which is always a clue that now they're like in power. I think this was the first in these movie that did movies. that because Jawbreaker and Mean Girls yeah. both did it, but I can't think of anything mm-hmm. before this that really had that slow motion. Yeah, walk. Heather's didn't have yeah. that. No. Yeah, the this I think this might have been the first. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, everything seems to be going pretty well, but see, Nancy just, she really wants to invoke that spirit mm-hmm. and that's something that, you know, you shouldn't mess with unless you're very c- careful as the dealer at the shop says, yeah. you know, are you sure you want to do this? And she grabs this book and is like, yeah, we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so they go to the beach and they do this spell and lightning flashes and Nancy gets electrocuted and they all like wake up the next day and they're like, what happened? Yeah. And I don't know what happened to the animals they were carrying. I don't know if they sacrificed them because like yeah. Rochelle had like a fish and Bonnie had a butterfly and Sarah had a bird mm-hmm. and Nancy had a snake. Um, and they're supposed to kind of yeah. represent the four elements. Although I, mm-hmm. I, I think Sarah is earth and I think it was initially supposed to be like a tinderbox or something but they change it to a oh. bird which is more like air but whatever um <laughs> yeah but it's like they w- wake up and there's all these dead like sharks, sharks and stuff yeah. on the beach yeah. and there's all these pee- people there they're like what's happening and Na- nancy is just like actually walking on water 
It's very disturbing. Sarah reveals that she is afraid of snakes and bugs, which again, foreshadowing mm-hmm. for later. That'll come yes. back later. And Nancy's all like, these are my gifts. Yes. These are, these my, are my gifts. And so she's starting to lose it a bit. This is when she this starts to go This is where, yeah, things start to go not so pretty quickly here it's it mm-hmm. uh, it's a pretty clear like act break like uh now yeah. we're into the second act of the movie and yeah things mm-hmm. going pretty fucking nuts yeah because sarah is not really loving the attention that she's getting from chris he's getting a little annoying mm-hmm. and so she keeps like trying to break it off with him and then at some point he like basically tries to like rape her yeah uh it's um, uh he, yeah he absolutely tries to rape her and it's uh yeah he, she has to fight her way out and basically yeah. and she's like i want to break the spell this is not good yeah, you know just run by foot like to her friend's house to i think it's rochelle's house yeah. and um yeah they're there and uh and yeah meanwhile nancy has become so uh power hungry and she's like driving through mm-hmm. red lights and it's just like yeah and uh also i i always forget that her and never both canadian until they say sorry or sorry, sorry. oh i know yeah i'm so sorry i'm sorry about that i'm like oh i love canadians mm-hmm. oh we don't deserve them um and then sarah is starting to feel like she doesn't want to be a part a part of this and um and she's having bad dreams that are being brought on by the other three yeah and stuff like that and um and then there's this party the scene with the party where um nancy decides to go and um do something to chris yeah she's gonna get, like don't do she's it she's gonna get revenge um for for yeah. both of them to some degree because she's still pissed at mm-hmm. chris for leaving her because they used to have exactly. that fling and mm-hmm. uh so yeah she goes to the party and uh makes herself look like sarah to yeah, uh she does that glamour that spell glamour and... spell um while chris is intoxicated and Fools he's in. like get yeah. off me until she looks like sarah and then she's like all right come here baby and it's yeah, yeah. it's like hey i'm glad you're here yeah, yeah. And then Sarah walks in, and he's like, wait a second, why am I seeing double? And then he sees that it's really Nancy, and he's like, get away You're from me. You're a witch! And then, and then there's all, and then this is Faruza's best oh, yeah. part, where she's, yeah. oh my god, this whole bit. She's just, oh, he's sorry, he's sorry, sorry, he's sorry, 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 oh, sorry, my ass! Sorry, my ass! <laughs> and then throws him out the window, and crack. Yeah, you would and, think there'd be, like, a little more of a uh, police investigation into this, like, how this guy yeah. just, like, fell out of a fucking window, but whatever. I guess they're just like, he's a teenager, he was drunk, he's it fine. happens, you know. And, and um, Sarah's best defense and, is to basically take a photograph and just scotch tape around it a bunch of times. Yes. Now she's binding Nancy. <laughs> Which does nothing, uh, basically. doing harm. Yeah. Harm harm against herself and harm against others. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't work no. because Nancy can feel that she's doing yes. this. She just knows. And she confronts her in a bathroom stall mm-hmm. um, and is like, listen, you know what they used to do when a witch would betray their coven? They would kill, kill them. Yeah. So watch out, bitch. Yeah. And she's like, okay. Like, okay, bye. Like, <laughs> that's all. Like, we'll see how that works. I'm the one with the power. Yeah, at this point, um, both um, Bonnie and Rochelle have sort of come over to the dark side, too, because yeah. they're getting everything they want. They're and they're, scared. they're getting power hungry as well. So they, uh, exactly. and they're kind of, yeah, they're kind of afraid of Nancy. So it's like, you know, just go along with mm-hmm. her. And, uh, yeah. Exactly. And, uh, and so, yeah, it, it all kind of culminates on the big finale when Sarah tries to get some help from the, uh, the shop dealer yep. and discovers that her mother was a witch her dead mother was a witch yes 
and she's always had had the power and then there's some very questionable cgi where like the shop like explodes for a second <laughs> yeah. and then like does and i'm still not sure what that was but it's like it's like a it's like a fireball yeah, another, just comes another one the of those glamour like, things that uh, yeah. <laughs> nancy is just trying to fuck with her so much and yeah yeah and so she she runs back home and gets a phone call from nancy that's like um your parents this thought you ran so away from home fucked up and, and uh they took this flight and you might want to turn on uh, turn on the news and she does and it's like this flight has crashed and there's no survivors and she's like oh my like, god no. th- that's deeply fucked up like uh, to yeah. make i mean i could see like a really vengeful <laughs> teenage girl doing this but like like, you know, uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. To, to make your former friend think their parents died in a plane crash. Like, my God. Like, yeah. And then to make it worse, all of a sudden there's just like snakes everywhere, uh, like coming through the drains and rats everywhere. and scorpions it's and bugs and roaches, yeah, everything you can think over. of. It's not it's, cool. It's like it's nasty. Fucking Noah's Ark up in here. The, I don't know. <laughs> it's horrifying. And then Nancy shows up with the other two. Mm hmm. And she's like, okay, so uh, we're going to make it look like you killed yourself. So slash. Um, and here's here's this note. And she's like, it's not real. It's like, oh, yeah, well, why why, why are you still bleeding and stuff? And she runs back up it's, to the bathroom. It's hard she's freaking out to read and, the scene. It's like, did she actually slash her wrist, wrist or did she yeah. just, is it just an illusion to make her think that way? Um, exactly. Because then she does heal. She does heal. Wrist. She does heal. So, yeah. So I'm like, is it like, is is she making the magic disappear, or is she making the actual wrist slashing? Disappear? Yeah, I, I don't because know. Bonnie and Rochelle don't seem that really uh, perturbed by the fact that she just slashed her wrist no. right in front of you know. I mean, no, yeah, they're just floating. They're having second thoughts, but they're not like, oh my god, you just like basically killed her. You know, it's so yeah. I don't know what's going on there, but yeah. And so, like, she's kind of, like, freaking out in in her room, and she's like, what do I do? What do I do? And then she's like, I should invoke the spirit. Mm -hmm. And so she does, and Nancy gets a little impatient, so she tells Bonnie and Rochelle to walk upstairs and get Sarah. And and she she threatens them, too. I love the way she threatens them. Yes. Um, And so they walk up there, and Sarah has made it to be where um karma's gonna bite them in the ass and mm-hmm. so they walk up to the mirror and they see that now bonnie's scars are back and they're worse and rochelle's losing her hair and they're like oh no we we can't do this it's comeback times three and yep. so they run out of the house and nancy's all like oh great and i guess i gotta just do this, <laughs> do myself. this my fuck- and <laughs> what does she say to her at some point where she's like you killed your mom coming out of her bravo bravo <laughs> yeah. i'm just like my god <laughs> She's a terrible person. <laughs> and and now it's just Nancy versus Sarah. Really great. Fight to the finish. Cool battle sequence. A lot of cool practical it's effects really cool. here. Like Lots of wind and yeah. dressers Dresser, trying to crush pee, 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 people. Yeah, let's and... see. Because she, she hides in a mirror at one point, And then she comes out of that. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Manon wanted me to give you a message. You're in deep shit, bitch. <laughs> Without the yeah. bitch part. But yeah. And then she like hallucinates that she's like turning into like snake like yep. her, her her fingers are turning into snakes and then she's like i'm sorry i'm sorry but she doesn't really she's not really mm-hmm. sorry and so she starts to do like the whole i bind you nancy thing yeah. and nancy's not having <laughs> nope. any of it so she attacks her p- pushes her to a wall like they're flying there's like clothes flying everywhere yeah she's she's got a like, knife and she's like trying to stab her but i guess it's not working but yeah the, the, yeah. Then the dresser comes flying like you said and yeah and and Sarah like blends in, blends into the wall until Nancy tries to stab her, and then she kicks her all the way down the hall into a mirror, yeah. and then I guess that knocks her out to where she's unconscious. Yeah, that's a it's a and pretty then, quick little uh, 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 oh, end yeah. to the battle there. But yeah, mm-hmm. 
And then we flash forward and um, and Bonnie and R- R- Rochelle come to see Sarah. It looks like they're pa- packing up. I guess they're moving. Yeah. And uh, and she's like, so like, you're OK, right? You know, like it's it's not a big deal. Like we didn't really like mean harm and stuff. Like, mm. do you still have any power? Because I guess they don't have it anymore. And that kind of does play up the possibility of the fact that they maybe never had any power to begin with. And it was only right. Sarah. Yeah. And that's the only reason mm-hmm. they were able to get what they wanted was because Sarah helped them do their thing. But then they make the mistake of saying under their breath as the, as they leave, I bet she never had any power to begin with. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, really? Oh, really, bitch. And so she makes the storm clouds appear. She pushes a tree down on them and they're like oh shit and she's like be careful you don't want to end up like nancy <laughs> and then we see where nancy is and she's in the mental hospital oh, it's <laughs> so mean it's so good and she's just like i'm flying i'm, I'm flying. flying i'm flying and she's got all these like cuts on on her face oh it's a great ending it's so <laughs> it's good great. i love that ending. like nobody dies but she does go crazy and it's 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 great yeah. it's uh... oh it's so good it's it's yeah yeah Q, I have the touch and credits. Beautiful. (laughs) It's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, the girl who was most responsible gets punished. Like that's, I I don't know how you could watch this and think that this is encouraging. Exactly. These girls, any girl in real life to fight and, you know, be antagonistic because the girl who is the most antagonistic is clearly punished. So Mm -hmm. I don't get it. Um, I don't get it either. I don't understand. I do not get it. Uh, but yeah, it. I mean, having not seen it like over a decade, and uh, I think it holds up, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I had a great time with it. Great performances, yeah. really fun, good pacing. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's good time all around. I think so. Uh, so people, y'all can keep your criticisms if you, if you got any. <laughs> yeah, because we're not going <laughs> to hear them. Not on this podcast. We're not going to hear of it. <laughs> not at the Haunted Hill. Nope, not on this. Mm-mm. Uh Ho house on Ponted Hill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just check your criticisms at the door. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's always fun to go back to this era. I mean, there's just, uh, I think it's because we were young when they came out and they're kind of our yeah. built into our nostalgia. And some of them we saw in theaters, some of them we didn't, but it's, you know, it's, it's uh, fun, 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 fun. Um, it's just a good time yeah it it's I, I i do sometimes wonder like if i was 50 would i have the same feeling about sure, this movie sure sure you know? sure it's, it's, and it's hard i don't know but i think that's okay yeah. like you know it's it's okay yeah. to acknowledge that everyone has different nostalgia for different things from when they right. were born you know like uh i hear uh like boomers and gen xers sometimes like being nostalgic over stuff that i watch and i'm like really like this is right yeah so it's like it's okay like that we all have different things that um uh, grab us more and because some things you had to be there for like you know you had to be part of the culture to to acknowledge something you can like try to immerse yourself as much as possible but it's never going to be the same as actually living Mm -hmm. during that time period and i think the craft is very much that way like this is very much vibing on that early 90s grunge culture that was uh, really popular at the time and uh, anti-consumerist and everything else. Um, and it really contrasted like everything that was going on in the late nineties where that was like hyper consumerism and uh, boy bands mm-hmm. and girl groups and everything it was really fun oh and upbeat. God. It was like, yeah. Yeah. I have to say, I don't miss the boy bands and the girl groups. Not so much. I don't. Not so much. Yeah. I, th- they were not fun. <laughs> Most of them couldn't really sing yeah. or dance or 
act when they would try to act. I was like, y'all can't really do much. Like, there's some catchy songs, but, like, as a whole, I'm like, yeah, "Yeah." you know. I mean, I I like, you know, Bye Bye Bye, too. Okay, yeah. yeah. Like, that's an okay song. Yes. Bye Bye Sexual, (laughs) yes. Bye Bye Bye. (laughs) And one of them was gay, so I guess that's something, yeah. (laughs) Yay, representation. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that, that decade, though, it is very split into two very distinct parts yeah, <laughs> really in a way that like i can't think of any other decade being like that different from one part to the next but yeah it's yeah. uh interesting and this even though it came out during the quote-unquote scream era it was pre-scream so it mm-hmm. still feels like it's vibing more on the early um side but yeah. but while also starting okay. to give us some good teen horror again which i, I think that that's um a plus we need it we and we need today like where is the fun i i, yeah. I guess we're getting some slashers and stuff again so that's good um for we need a little a little teen horror. Yeah, we need right a little very minute. <laughs> I just, I yeah. Slashers at the window <laughs> after like Hereditary and Midsommar and The Witch and stuff. I'm like, can we get some lighter stuff? Like they're great movies, but I just need yeah. something that's a they're little lovely. bit, you know, lighter. Yeah, like, a little bit light. Yeah. yeah, light as a feather, but still stiff but as a still board. Still stiff as you a know board. What I mean? You know, uh, yeah. it's got to be stiff. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be stiff. <laughs> <laughs> we like it stiffer. Give me a vodka tonic. Make it stiff. <laughs> we like our drinks and our men stiff. stiff. And our movies. And our movies, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, fun fun time. Fun time revisiting. So, mm-hmm. cool. I had a good time. Um, and uh, we forgot to mention, yes, we are doing a whole month, month of witches movies. If you if you hadn't guessed oh, yeah. by, by now, you know. Uh, yeah, we're, we're getting real witchy. Yes, and it is uh, still witching and bitching month. Mm-hmm. Which is yes. an homage to our dear, I still know what you did last summer, if you didn't catch that. Yes. Got any overlooked gems? Yes, I do. Um, this week, I'm going to pick one called Death Dream. Death Dream. Which is by Bob Clark of Black Christmas fame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course. I think he made this before Black Christmas. Mm-hmm. And it's, an, it's a horror film about a Vietnam vet who dies and is resurrected by his grieving family. But when he returns, he's not quite himself, and he has a little craving for human blood. Mm. So it's it's kind of a little anti-Vietnam War movie. Mm-hmm. It's got a little political commentary, if you can handle it. If it's too woke for you, you let me know, okay? <laughs> um, and it's a really good movie. That Really good. Er, er, early Tom Savini effects, I believe. Just great stuff. Fabulous, fabulous. Yeah, it's a... It's got kind of a monkey's paw vibe to it, right? Yes, very very much so. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah. It's a good. Yeah, Bob Clark. Bob Clark does not get the credit he deserves as a horror. He doesn't get any credit. He gets no respect. Yeah, I'll I'll take it back as well. Uh, This is way back there, but the Leopard Man from 1943. Ooh. And uh, so this has this Latin dancer, and she begins to. Uh, overshadow this nightclub singer named Kiki Walker, and Kiki's agent decides to spice up his client's act with an enormous black sh- black uh, black leopard on a leash. I can't talk. Uh, but the big cat escapes from the club, and soon after, a young girl and others are found dead around their small town. So evidence begins to suggest that there might be a killer involved here that is not the leopard, and suspicion abounds. Ooh. It's really tense. It's uh, uh, Jock... Tournier, same director as Cat People, and I Walked with a Zombie in Night of the Demon. It's kind of a nice little whodunit thriller, too. Very proto-slasher, because there's, like, all these great, like, uh, stock sequences. 
Um, there's even one sequence that I'm like, how did this make it past the Hollywood code? Because it's, it's really dark and disturbing. Um, but uh, I guess because it's more implied, but there is like blood involved to the point where I'm like, surprising. Uh, it's also one of the first films to attempt to have a somewhat realistic portrayal of a serial killer. Um, so it's, it's just really good. It's it's um, It's got the same kind of uh, tense feeling that Cat People has. He's he's a really good director for that time period. You know? I think I saw it was on Shudder, right? I believe so. It's been a while it since there? I watched yeah. it. I believe it was on there. Because like sometimes they put things on there, then they take them off. And I'm like, no, you can't do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I think just the thing that struck me most is just how much it felt like a, a proto-slasher in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, good. Well, go check those out, people. Yeah, check them out. And uh, we'll be back next week with another witchy favorite because it's the season of the witch, baby. Indeed. Oh, my favorite season. It's great. We're so close to Halloween. Woo. I know. I'm so excited. It's, it's about the only thing I'm looking forward to. <laughs> I know. It's not even like just the – because I don't really go to like ha- Halloween yeah, parties <laughs> or any, anything like that. It's just – the the candy the the weather mm-hmm. I, it's just my favorite time time of year it's the best you know? it's, just, it's the best as they call it what, what is it the sweater weather yes 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 sweater weather all the horror movies on AMC that I already own but it's yeah, fun to watch them on there every once in a while anyway <laughs> yeah I'm like I want to watch my favorite horror films cut to hell with commercials yeah <laughs> sounds like great. when I was a kid just like when I was a kid <laughs> like, nostalgia yeah. just like mom used to make. Oh, like nostalgia's a bitch, y'all. <laughs> I know. It's so weird. Like, sometimes I do ca- catch myself being like, I want to watch the TV cut of Halloween. Why? <laughs> I don't know. As always, you know, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at H-O-H-H Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Homos and Haunted Hill. You can leave us a review on iTunes. That would be lovely. Thank you to those. Please do. Please do. Yes. And uh, yeah. be nice, though. Please. If you don't have anything nice yeah. to say, then don't say it at all, like your mom says. We will We will bind you from doing We harm. will bind you. Okay. We will bind yes. you so quickly. Yes. You won't even know it's coming. Uh, so don't get any fresh ideas, Nancy. Yes, exactly. And, yeah. You know, we're on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Homos and Haunted Hill. We got a mm-hmm. special episode coming out later in the month so make sure oh it's a good one it's a good one uh keep your cauldrons ready because we're gonna be you know brewing up some good stuff all this month so yeah Mm, yes we are cool all right well you know bye witches bye y'all bye